नमस्ते लेट मी स्टार्ट विद पैराडॉक्स बिकॉज लाइफ प्रेजेंट्स पैराडॉक्सिस टू अस टू हेल्प अस ग्रो एंड वन ऑफ द पैराडॉक्सिस दैट वॉट हैपन्स डीप विद इन अस एज ए कन्विक्शन अबाउट लाइफ अबाउट द वर्ल्ड अराउंड अबाउट अवर ओन सेल्फ अवर सर्फिस लाइफ सीम्स टू डिनाई इट and among these denials uh, there are some beautiful denials i mean interesting denials for instance if you ask anybody deep inside what do you want life to be beautiful or ugly happy or sad wise or foolish strong or weak answer will be universally the same regardless of uh, you know um where we are born regardless of whether we have read a scripture or not whatever be our gender uh, you know anything the answer will be the same but when we look at life on the surface just the opposite we want life to be beautiful it presents an ugly face we want love to be eternal yet we see it broken with sometime just a phrase or a word we want beauty to sprawl all around us but we see the ugly faces of uh, creation all around so one of these paradoxes is the phenomena of death i use the word phenomena because uh, before we use uh, make this fellow look as if he is ultimate let's understand and examine that it is basically a phenomena by phenomena of death i mean that there is sudden disappearance of the person with whom we connected through a certain form and body but is it the end so there is a uh, we all know this well known story in mahabharata where all the four pandava brothers go to take water from a pool and they all become unconscious because yaksh has a prashna for them question to them and they are unable to answer and then finally goes yudhishthir and yaksh is none else but dharmaraja who asks him several questions and the last question as the story goes is kim asharyam what is the most surprising thing in the world and yudhishthir says the most surprising thing is that we see everybody people die every day yet we believe that we are not going to die actually this answer can be interpreted in two ways one is that we are foolish enough to believe that we are going to live immortally that's how some people interpret it that you are going to die this sansar is nothing but you know shanik it's transient and uh, to even believe or think about permanence is uh, a foolishness on the other hand we can look at it just the other way because uh, the question is cryptic and the answer is also cryptic that whatever be the appearances there is something deep within us which does believe in immortality so um, death as an appearance is it really an appearance or a reality so what we really see from the phenomenal point of view that forms do disintegrate it's not new to human life it's true of all existences even your stars are born and they die after millions of years or uh, whenever their light is over so essentially uh, forms and their disintegration is part of creation and seen this way it maintains a balance because uh, if there is too much of crowding whether in space or upon earth it's not something very desirable so forms do disintegrate but where do they disintegrate they disintegrate into the forms of energy not only energy but also information which means somewhere in terms of consciousness we see this also happening in our everyday life something very similar when we sleep we continue to exist in the dream world which is as real as the waking world in the dream state in the dream state uh, sometime we remember that we are in a dream state so dream within a dream but more often than not we experience life as real if the snake is chasing you we run away if we see we are traveling in an aircraft with friends we are with friends traveling in an aircraft if we see that you know we are on a road which is dark and you know we are going in a cycle we are navigating through the darkness or if we see there is a bright sunny field and we are walking through it we are walking through it but the strange part is that that life doesn't seem to live on breathing with just try to recollect that is very interesting that how does life exist in that mode and it does exist at some level and uh, leaving aside our convention it's very difficult to say as uh, one of the stories says whether this is real or that is real this is real in here and that is real in that domain so essentially what happens is that life and existence change their modes even in our normal life we see this you know nowadays um you know 
when we watch a television or when we are in our thoughts life changes its mode yes of course here because life is based on matter and its processes we cannot uh, live without it but the fact is that existence and life they do not uh, they cannot by their nature they cannot uh, die but they change their mode of functioning and this we can see even in our ordinary human existence that from birth to death whatever we call as death there is a constant race between the two and even when death seems to overtake us completely yet it is a process of perpetual life so that's the something which i often which when i learned in medical school i was very surprised that none of your cells at birth are the same cells with which we die they have changed over several times and it is said that within 7 years time earlier people used to believe that the brain neurons they you know live forever but within few years almost every cell of the body is changed so we don't use the word death we use the word reproduction they have changed so they have brought out fresh cells and the old ones have died in fact because the old ones die there is a tendency for new ones to form so they are part of perpetual process of life through which a balance is maintained if we really look at our own life we can understand it but something happens between this change over that slowly the body loses its capacity to you know it's no more that flexible that freshness is lost and over a period of time there is uh, more and more of disintegration and eventually what we call as the phenomena of death so why this happens this is something very amazing at at a very phenomenal level right now i am speaking of uh, salamanders do grow their limbs and um, uh, our famous uh, lizard does grow its tail there are trees which can live for thousands of years so what happens with man why are we not able to continue this process without really a decline there are several theories about it but uh, one of the simple things is that each cellular reproduction it's like a carbon copy so each carbon copy become weaker and weaker something we see with virus mutations so as a result of it over a period of time the carbon copy is feebler and the errors in the body accumulate over a period of time the there is a decline and death there is another theory that there is a genetic programming so every species has its genetic programming and it's very very fascinating that this genetic programming has something to do with two events in life one is with breathing and the second is with reproduction most animals except human beings they die once their capacity to reproduce is over so there is nothing like menopause that's why you know we'll see that you know i mean animal species they don't go through that but in human beings there is something like menopause so it's like a second lease of life and um, there is grand parenting all these things are there but most animals their life span is limited to the period through which they can reproduce so there is a link between reproductive capacity and death and this link needs to be explored there is a whole passage of mother where she beautifully interestingly explains that each sexual act is a step towards death it's as if this energy can either be um you know degraded into sexual pleasure going downward or it can extend itself horizontally into another santan as you know that's how the cells keep changing or it can be turned upward toward the uh, nectar of immortality that's how the yogis they try to take this energy upward and it's extreme case what is known as uh, in hatha yoga is khichdi mudra so people try to do it mechanically by making the tongue you know touch the palate <laughs> but it's not something mechanical when the whole consciousness is turned upward and goes upward and upward the entire thing tends to point upward and in an extreme situation this can happen and it is said that when you enter into that mudra then you can actually taste immortality it's a very it's a way of saying that yes when the entire consciousness turns upward it can enter into the realms of immortality so what really is immortality and what is mortality when we look at it from this point of view mortality is basically because anything that is limited has a tendency there are two contrary uh, seemingly opposite tendencies within uh, each one of us one is to expand towards infinity this we are born with why because deep inside again we have an intuition of infinity we are finite is our appearance but deep within us we have this intuition of infinity that's why 
uh, you know when desire takes over a human being he wants first one thing after he has it he wants another thing when he has another thing he wants yet another thing we when he has yet another thing he wants few more things when he has few more things he wants everything because there is this idea that we are infinite and we want to create it in finite terms so 1 plus 1 plus 1 that's how we want to create you know infinity but obviously it's not possible so this is one tendency on the other hand this tendency is to preserve the limits the seema the form this tendency is equally there these two contrary tendencies which are there as if the form has a purpose and if you look at it the form has a purpose of actually creating a sense of individuality initial it's like the shell of this um, uh you know when we have these uh, ice cream some people like to eat it uh, you know uh, in a cup or something but uh, some people like it with a cone and originally when you make an ice cream old ways i don't know how they make it now but you put it inside a cone and then you put it in deep freeze so now what does this outer shell do it cuts off a series of forces it's the same ice cream you know when we used to have ice cream in villages malai barf then you know you give it uh, there is the same thing but they are in different different cones for the sake of convenience so it uh, form and name tend to limit the infinite and thereby it helps to create individualities so this is its purpose and there we see the other aspect which is very fascinating about death i am talking right now still only about the phenomena we are not going into the metaphysical aspect and that is what really holds this uh, form uh, shubindu uses a word uh, half a phrase in savitri breath fastened frame this frame is held by breath so it means that the more we can learn to master the breath the more we can actually live longer this is exactly what is uh, discovered in um, uh, you know with the animal world that the animals which live longest for instance the tortoise and the turtle who can live up to maybe 500 years and uh, 300 to 500 years and how many times they breathe they breathe about 3 to 5 times in a minute and the animals which um, die very fast rabbits for instance they breed very fast and they breathe very fast both breathe and breed so if Uh, at a very pragmatic level it means that if we really want to prolong life one of the secret lies in breathing and the second lies in breeding so sometimes we feel very worried that there are people who are breeding very fast and you know we start worrying about demographics don't worry they are hurtling toward death because this is how uh, in ancient times brahmacharya was basically one of the ingredients of course brahmacharya is not only about mastering death but look at the story of bhishma how bhishma could reach a point where he could have the ikshamrityu simply because he was one of those who had practiced brahmacharya to its utmost limits and and i remember one very interesting bhishma lived to 170 years but i remember about uh, my own um, maternal uncle he was uh, you know he, his wife died after one year and then he used to play football even smoke and but um, later on he gave that up he was very healthy 90 he must have left his body in 95 very healthy till 90 and i asked him mama ji aapke paas itna shamta kaise itna how how do you have so much strength inside you he said beta it is all because of brahmacharya he could take a rod and literally bend it that was his you know iron rod sorry ha huh? not plastic so this was the strength inside his limbs simply because and he attributed it only to one thing which was brahmacharya he said after he, um, you know your mommy died i just didn't i decided not to get married and i spent my time this way so even about the form there are many secrets Uh, before we talk about you know the immortality within which is of course a fact but the real stress the real rub is ultimately can the form really be immortalized so i want to emphasize on this see that there is a soul within which is immortal is a question of discovery and um, i'm sure you know that's um, you know people must be making effort to that discovery but the truth is that the moment we discover the soul come in contact with the psychic life we discover immortal life one of the things that happens when the psychic discovery is made 
what sampad bhai was beautifully saying that you know uh, outwardly forms come and go but deep inside there is something which remains immortal and the moment we discover it one of the things is we discover the secret sense of immortality and it's not just a inner conviction we actually discover our some of our lives which we have lived and we can also have a sense of a life which is going to come you know in savitri there is a whole beautiful passage on that a witness burning in the sanctuary it knows the births which have gone by and it knows the births which are going to come simply because it contains the uh, secret um, strings half finished passages books chapters all that which are yet to be finished flashes glimpses of course past life is not about uh you know people see elaborate and everybody wants to see himself as somebody very great but that's much of it is you know subliminal uh, messages and imaging but we can have glimpses of a true life moments which were lived in a very very intense beautiful way so these are the elements of which go and get ingrained within our psychic life just Uh, maybe about couple of hours back we were taking a walk and somebody asked me about uh, have i ever been to kashmir and i remembered that those moments in ladakh were one of the best moments of my life strangely why because that's a long story but to cut it short they were moments which have got integrated within my soul they were the time when i read the synthesis they were time when i was in wilderness they were the moments when i could just be alone you know Uh, with um, you know because because of various reasons but the point is that if we really want to discover this immortal substance within us then we get rid of the fear of death this is the ultimate sure shot remedy because uh, when we discover it we know that this is not the first time we have been there is a very interesting um, a poem or a or a couplet by malana rumi he says the same thing that you know why should i be afraid of death when i died a stone i was born a um, you know plant and when i died a plant i was born an animal when i died an animal i was born a bird and then a beast and finally man why should i be afraid of death and that's exactly what if we take our tantric view of different forms 84 lakh yonis so there is a transition through forms and who would be uh, so foolish to really believe that you know change of form is really death it is nothing but a transition from one house to another or from maybe one country to another surely there is um, a bit of pain and sorrow because you are leaving behind um, those whom you loved and cared but the interesting part is and that's what is important to remember we often say oh bichara chala gaya bichara nahi gaya he is very happy by the way uh, you are unhappy and i give this example of when somebody is uh, i mean as as children we have i'm sure most of us in india have experienced it when you went for studies to a place far away from your village so i used to go to pune ifmc so i would sit in the train and parents everybody has come and uh, mom has made all those puri sabji and you know all the instructions all tears and everything uh, what was my state i was waiting for the train to start honestly and when the train started they would weep i'll get to know my mom is weeping two days please write a letter every week at least so it was my you know what could i do now you don't get time so i'll write for all the four weeks in one month and i'll post it on set days everything is fine because you know you you don't want them to suffer but if you ask me how was my life i was happy i was happy to have moved ahead so we must understand that the man who has departed or the being who has departed the person who has departed is actually going towards progress this is one of the first fundamental things which we learn about rebirth we have been told it's a question of reward and punishment which makes death life really gory because if it's about reward and punishment then none of us has a chance imagine you know in one lifetime few good deeds and much selfishness if you take the definition of bad deed uh, whatever way we look at it nobody will have a hope ideally we should be keep going down and earth would have gone to perdition you know as children people were told if you hear somebody speaking you'll become a chipkali in another birth just to wonder my god i'll become a chipkali i'll become a lizard no way but this is how we were taught that death and rebirth is a question of reward and punishment but with shurbindo one of the best thing was its evolution and it takes away the entire sting of death 
it's progress it's going from lower class to higher class who would not want it anybody who wants progress and that is the secret reason of death if you really look at it in a certain form we can progress only up to a while see when we are a child we are very supple and plastic everything is a wonder everything we want to learn so we grow very fast all children have adults as you know i want to wear the shoes which papa can wear or mama can wear and i want to be able to see the movies that they can see i want to be able to go to the places they can go now when you are grown up you realize ki it was not worth it and worst is the books and the education make us lose all the wonder about life because we seem to have every answer from every book when we lose this wonder about life we begin to decline actually it has been documented that from the age of 30 onwards our neurons begin to shrink they begin to degenerate whereas modern studies show that there is an element of neuroplasticity if we remain active if our brain loves to learn new things you can go on for a long time the same is true of the body perhaps if brain can why can't the heart why can't the rest of the body so one of the problems of death key progress is that we cannot progress indefinitely in a certain form why because it gets fixed form by its nature means limits so nature does very good cementing work it builds a form which is not easy to you know break down and there is a purpose behind it otherwise you know if forms are very loose like gods have very plastic forms so that is a problem with them they can change from one form to another very readily that's how you see dharmaraja becomes a yaksha and a human being and talks but man cannot do it so the form is too rigid and this rigidity as we have seen was required to individualize which was important why because unlike the gods we are meant to become individual centers of the divine which is something very interesting but within a form the progress is only limited so beyond a point what happens the form disintegrates so sometime paradoxically if the growth is tremendous in one lifetime that's why perhaps the idea is that they whom god loves too much they come back fast now i am not saying that to judge a life like that is any any over simplistic um adage one has to look at it but there is some truth in it look at swami vivekananda look at shri ramakrishna paramahansa many of these yogis somebody asked me oh shubindo left his body at the age of 78 i said is so surprising given all that vastness and infinity he had crowded in his head and heart i am talking just of the form i am not right now you know speaking about the avatar and the divine consciousness if you really look at it how his form could really bear the impact of all this it's not easy because this form has to support everything on earth the form has to support there is a line in savitri when savitri is born the fragile earthly vase it's a vase so there has to be a harmony between inner progress and the outer form so what the outer form does it doesn't allow us to progress very fast looks like a bad plan but in god's wisdom there is nothing like a bad plan otherwise what would have happened we entered a form and our soul remembers who we are so what would happen from childhood you will start mama you are not my mama papa you are not my mama you know papa and within few years he is a bairagi this is not what god wants earthly life will remain what it is so he wants the earthly life to change so for that reason there seems to be a struggle why because the form will not release consciousness from within so easily very often people say why is it also difficult to find the soul well precisely for this reason if it was very easy then like sanat kumar and uh, sanat nandan we would have just said ah, we are not interested in creation we turn away and go away but this is a challenge to adapt the form to the new consciousness and for the new consciousness to adapt to the form and therein lies the real secret of immortality of the form so slowly as we develop so the form has to adapt to all the new things that are crowding inside us we cannot imagine the impact uh, you know this inrush of information experiences of life have on the form because after all it's through the form that all the transactions are taken place taking place whether it be the brain the heart or every other system and slowly it adapts it grows and as it grows it allows more consciousness to 
be released over a period of time. So this is where the secret of immortality lies. That we have to find a way that we can grow infinitely and yet the form can progress simultaneously. Till it is found, death will be there. Why? Because the need for infinity is there. Need for infinite experience is there. It's part of, we are programmed for that. That's why people get glued to television. Even the old people who curse their children, you are spending so much time on phone and television. Just tell them, don't discuss, argue with them. Just tell them, Papa, you will have channel they close. You see how they get glued on the phone or this thing. Why? Because there are new things which are constantly impinging. And there is this sense within human beings to experience life differently in a wide variety. Life is like that. So, as a result, the only other way one can do it is by disintegration of the form and taking a new life, new form. So, it's an evolutionary process. And when we understand it's an evolutionary process, there is nothing to feel afraid. It is a process of life and not something which opposes life. Let me read a few lines from Savitri. So, this is, um, Shubhindu describes about death. All here is a mystery of contraries. Darkness, a magic of self-hidden light. Light is hidden inside the form and that is being released. And when we understand it, we understand the great sense and purpose of creation. It is not like, you know, this world is full of death, suffering. What all we have made, reward, punishment, come out of this cycle, such a nirashavadi, hatash philosophy. This is not India. India is about facing the challenge of life, facing the challenge of death. I mean, I feel so happy that there were beings who could say that we die when we want to die. You know, there is a story, even in the Western context of Queen Elizabeth, when she is, um, you know, on the deathbed and there are farmers who have come outside and they want some bread, they are protesting for it. And the ministers don't want the queen to know it. And the queen says, says I must attend to them. So when she gets up, they say, all the people around say, but you may die. She says, but death can wait. Look at the power of those words, but death can wait. These people cannot wait. So, Shirvindu reminds us that there is something in us which finally makes a choice. That choice is always with the psychic being. The soul within takes the last call. No death can come near. But because we are so identified with the form, so identified with life on the surface, that anything happens on the surface and we get a jhatka. And we immediately start a you know, this, these thoughts are very dangerous. I do believe that many autoimmune diseases, etc. Of course, please don't ask me references. No, this thing to prove it. But one day we'll discover that many of the illnesses that begin to sprout in people are because subconsciously this death wish is gone. There are constantly these two forces acting upon us. We should wish for life eternal, life immortal, life divine, life beautiful. Not wish for death. And dying, that's not what we are here for. And yet, till we discover the secret, death is a passage and we should not be worried about it because we know that it doesn't exist. We are only changing houses. And just like the school boy or the college boy who is going away is happy, looking forward to <laughs> what's out there. But it's a suffering for those who are left behind because again, suffering is why? Why is there suffering? It's because we are attached. We are attached in a way that, you know, this is mine. That brings suffering. If you really look at it, it's very simply, not that it's easy to get detached, but well, that's the fact. And why does that come? Because we live largely a sensory life. So the person is only the form. I know so many persons who, uh, you know, after the, they so-called died, they came in contact with those who were behind, even solace them, even said we are in, in a beautiful space. And of course, people do all kinds of things. Sometimes they keep on the person in the memory and they start getting spirit communication for years. This is very dangerous because most likely the person has gone away. After death, one cannot continue ad infinitum on these planes. There is a constant push to go beyond. So if after five years somebody says, you know, my papa or my brother comes to me, be sure that it is his sheath which has been taken up by some vital force. And it's enjoying, it's a game it's playing. Why? Because in the mind, 
there are there is the who is the form maker the mind is the form maker mind has created a form of a person that's why it, it's called a persona and that sheath while it was left and we wanted it so we were strengthening it some beings from the other world takes hold of that sheath and it's not a good thing to be in communication with you know all these beings because the soul is departed so best way when people are departing or departed says that you are going forward in your journey be happy send them love not grief that's the worst way to send away people send them love what is there to feel unhappy about the person is going to take up a new body probably in some new place of course new place not probably <laughs> and hopefully not in the same family it would be so boring dada ji aa gaye you know all these fantastic stories are they are not innovative why should dada ji come back again as your you know not that it doesn't happen but there'll be such a boring life to come back into the same family in the same environment why not gone from india born in spain france us italy finally says nahi india hi tha sab kuch then you come back you are rich with experience and you realize this is life much better than being born in the same family yet we want these things to happen so we start even seeing such things let the dead be free let the departed be free but not free too soon that's the other part of it so there is a period during when when the physical death is taken place so called physical death what is it the soul is withdrawing from the body and there is, there are many many knots nuts bolts as per the upanishad there are 101 nuts and bolts Uh, through which it is tied the being is tied and sometimes very tight if we are very attached they are very tight and when you know what happens when you open something which is very tight there is lot of stress so if we are very attached there is lot of pain during death why <laughs> because <laughs> with all the 101 strings we have tied ourselves so there is you know while dying one is thinking of i'm using the word death in dying in this sense that there is no death as i said but while the being is getting detached from the form are mera dipota nati you know they will just make you a photo frame search for your hidden will that's it and if the will is uh, you know contrary to expectation they will fight let the fellow be free and but the more we are attached the more pain we experience during death but supposing we have learned to be detached you know mother says something very beautifully she says people say life is so difficult we want to die we want to die i tell them die die then die to the ego die to the ego why be so attached to this name form personality outer and if we live life like that that's how the jivan mukta lives that's how you know arjuna was asked by shri krishna to live that's how bhishma lived that's how we see uh, baji prabhu which immortalized in shubhendra he lived that's how the great warrior shiva ji lived that's how the great ones live that they are doing everything in this world but they are completely inwardly detached now when they die it's not a cause of pain they simply say tata bye bye and if they could when we are crying they would say rota kyon hai bhai i am going to a better place first of all after death where does one go one transits through these different worlds of these the vital is the first and that is a painful world sometimes because if we are very attached to certain pravrutis and tendencies the passage can be very painful the mother for one year was making a passage this is in 1904 1905 through this vital world because she saw people suffer so she said anybody with a little faith in the divine can go through that passage it's like a hyper tunnel what is that called now you know trains running from mumbai to delhi in two hours hypersonic tunnel so she created in the occult worlds probably in the physical world we are trying to manifest these things so one could just enter that passage and go smoothly otherwise the moment body is not there people don't realize what a protection body is they want to die not realizing that in body you can reach out when one dies in the vital world you just are torn by forces unless one is individualized otherwise one is torn by forces and forces depending upon our affinities so if we have lived our life full of you know fear and lust and greed then all these forces come to us come with us come with us 
There is no heaven and hell. But a natural gravitation or natural, you know, upliftment depending on how we have lived our life. So, to prepare for death is to weigh the way we live our life. It's not like a last moment preparation. Somebody asked Shurabindo, what about that sloka? Ki jab maut ki ghadi saamne aai, to bete narayan ki thirat lagai, turat khul gaye uske vayakunta dware, Hare Krishna Govind, Hare Murari. He said, Why, what about, you know, the Gita says this sloka, ki if you die while remembering me, you will come straight to me. Shubhinda said, that has to be seen in conjunction with the other one, where he says, remember me at all times and fight. Then when consciousness is like that, when we live as a free being, who is afraid of death? Because one knows it doesn't exist. So, after death we go through these worlds, vital worlds. There, there are beings who greet us, meet and greet. We can't stay long because that sheath also, soul wants to discard. Why? Because it knows it is going to take a lovely bath. Kevde ka gulab ka jal. So it wants to shed even the vital sheath. Sheds the vital sheath. All shrad and all is for that vital sheath. Then it enters the mental worlds. Where depending on its thoughts, it will go to those beautiful worlds or if the thoughts have been very dark and unhealthy, then goes into that darker worlds. And then finally, where does it go? It goes into the psychic world. So beautifully a poet has written, What happens there? God is waiting with his arms. To take us in his arms. What is there to feel bad about it? At least in India, I have not understood why people grieve over death. We believe in rebirth. So it's a progress. And we do believe that, you know, God is there. So in life, this is his workplace, that is his home. So why we are so worried about going from the workplace to the home, where our Divine Mother is waiting, come my child, all that we should be worried about when we go there. Would we hang our head in shame and say, I'm so sorry, you know, I just deviated all that you gave me towards my own selfish ends. Or we can say with our head held high, touching the feet of the world mother, Ma, thank you for giving me the strength and the wisdom to live out the purpose for which I was born. May I be born a thousand times, a ten thousand times to fulfill your will in the world. So then that is the, uh, you know, uh, attitude we develop because when we discover the soul, death loses its reality. All this fear of death is till we don't know this. This is the giant ignorance. Till we see that, you know, rebirth, birth, death, all this is a question of pain. Pain is there, suffering is there, but we are here to snatch delight from the jaws of pain. To snatch life from the jaws of death. This is what we are here for. That makes life interesting. So he reminds us, uh, all here is a mystery of contraries, darkness, a magic of self-hidden light, suffering, some secret raptures, tragic mask, and death, an instrument of perpetual life. That's what we are seeing. There is no death actually. It's only an instrument of life. It's a cellar in the house of life. You go through a phase when you are a little dark. It's like sleep. What is sleep? Our life is but a sleep and a forgetting. This is Shakespeare, not Savitri. A life is but a sleep and a forgetting. So, the, this existence is teeming with life. Only we don't experience it because the narrower we are, you know, our experience of life is so limited. I sometimes ask my students when they come, uh, not now but earlier when, you know, I used to teach in Air Force days. So, I would tell them, okay, tell me what trees you saw on the way. Sir, trees... So I tell them, okay, from the gate till my room, how many trees and what trees? Sir, I don't remember. So I said, then that's the state we are so lost within our little self. All the time we are thinking about only our little personality. So we are afraid of death. Because this personality, this name, form, Naam Gum Jayega, Chehra Ye Badal Jayega. Yes, of course. Name and form are meant for that. Until one day, and that we'll talk about very shortly suffering from some secret raptures tragic mask and death an instrument of perpetual life when we take away this mask we see the same Krishna who was on the battlefield of Kurushetra as Kali suddenly appears to us as the friend and lover of mankind 
Although death walks beside us on life's road, a dim bystander at the body's start. And a last judgment on man's futile works, it looks like that. But we are here to create immortality out of transient things. Classic example is Vyas, he continues to live. Ramayana, Valmiki continues to live and many others. And of course, not to speak of Shiva Savitri till eternity. Will continue to live. This is what we are here for to build immortality with transient things. Other is the riddle of its ambiguous face. Whose ambiguous face? Death. Death is a stair, a door, a stumbling stride. The soul must take to cross from birth to birth. A great defeat, pregnant with victory. A whip to lashes towards a deathless state. That's why this is true even of our ordinary life. And those who are immortals, you know, Mother, Shirbindu, when people say they departed, I just don't understand this language. When uh, not only the highest that experience of the Divine Mother in the new body, she says, I am here just like previously. Very much the same. The human, the divine, you can connect with me just as you used to connect earlier. So this is so true because in at least myself, with these physical eyes, I had not seen the Divine Mother or Shirbindo in this life. And when I came, so people who had been here lived for, you know, decade, they would say, you know, when the mother was there, when she was. So I had to once say, sir, it pains. What pains? Was means what? It doesn't exist. No, I mean in the physical body, I said, but she is absolutely the same. You can connect, in fact, in a way, much better way. Because you no more, you know, are only hooked on to the physical appearance. This is what mother said. You think I am this? She pinches the body. You think I am in this? At one time she says, I have left the body long, long back. Even Shurabindu speaks of it. I am very much on the other side. She speaks of this 1960s after the 62 experience. But that's a whole sega of you know, discovering immortality for the body and I don't want to get into this. A whip to lashes towards a deathless state. What does death do? It is like the competitor of life. Come, let's see, let's see. And man, uh, we became, oh, death is the victor. Already we have declared him the victor. So he becomes the victor. We should say, no, we take the challenge. You see, that is the beauty of science in certain sense. Science takes the challenge and says, we'll discover how the body can be immortal. If to this uh, tendency of the science who doesn't believe in the absoluteness of death, we can add the spiritual truth. You know, like the Russian gymnast, when they did the gymnastics, mother said, oh, this is wonderful. But if only they could add in it the touch of spiritual consciousness, it will be really divine. So if to this idea that yes, we can discover the secret of immortality, even if the body, we can add this deep spiritual truth that yes, we are indeed immortal. All that we need to do is to fuse this immortal substance with the body, find a way and means, bridges, and then things will begin to change. And even before we do that, the soul grows through all these experiences till it becomes a wholly individualized, we are talking about individuality, individualized psychic being where it can pick and choose the parents, pick and choose the place of birth. Why? Because it has taken these experiences and now develops a full-fledged psychic personality. It's not just a little tiny spark of soul. It has become a fire and this fire consciously chooses. So just imagine even within this, there is such a range. And how does it happen when we pass through the doors of death? So every time we meet a challenge, instead of immediately saying, Maya, illusion, let's go into some other world. I don't know why are we in haste to cut the knot of creation. Rather, we should say, let's make it better. Let's make it better. Lok Sangrahart. How does it matter? One life, two lives, hundred lives. The purpose is to make this world more beautiful, more divine, more true. And if you look at life like that, then it's wonderful. Every challenge is an opportunity. In fact, life without challenge would be, uh, you know, so dull and boring. Somebody said, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. So that we can put uh, reverse also. All comfort and no challenges make Jack and Jill and everybody else a very dull boy. 
because everything is provided. So let's take the challenge of life. It is a whip to lash us towards a deathless state. It comes to remind us you are immortal. It doesn't come to tell us that you are mortal. It comes to tell us, bring out that immortal thing. That's why, because we are harassed by brief life, we want to immortalize a moment's work. The inconscient world is the spirit's self-made room, eternal night, shadow of eternal day. So ultimately, death is nothing else but the shadow of the infinite light and why he has created this shadow so that within it the seeds of light he has put like in in the soil you put seeds of light and then the shadow holds it tightly after that it releases the light just like our earth why do we not just throw the seeds they will not grow they will burn away so when it is buried deep inside the soil and the soil should not be very soft nor very hard so first they take roots. So we have taken roots upon earth. And then slowly develops into a full-fledged tree. That is the purpose of life. So night is not our beginning nor our end. She is the dark mother in whose womb we have hid. Safe from too swift awaking to world pain. We came to her from a supernal light. By light we live. And to the light we go. So this is what we have to remember. That we are Amrita Siputra, Ananda Siputra. Remind ourselves every day that death does not exist. It is a temporary, it is transient. Let's reverse it. People say that death is the fact. We should say death is the transient mystery. But one day it will be conquered by life eternal and life immortal. Why? Because that within us, which is immortal, draws its breath from the eternal, the imperishable substance that comes from the supreme divine. And all this play ultimately will have to give way to this pressure of immortality from within. That's why over a period of time we see that mankind has been fascinated with immortality and there are countless stories, paucity of time. I'm not going into it from Sagar Mantan, which gives so many hints. Gilgamesh, you know, his tablet has been recently found, who was trying for immortality to Prahlad's story. All these stories where we try to create immortality only by outer means, it doesn't succeed. The secret of immortality is within. But this secret is not only so that we discover it and feel very happy. This secret is that when we discover the nectar of immortality, we must let it flow into our thoughts, our feelings, our heart, our mind, our even our senses. Even the senses under the influence of the soul substance must automatically start tuning to higher things and not towards gravitate towards lower things. Sign of refinement is that. See, people who are refined in their soul, developed in their soul, like refined music, refined taste, refined color. Whereas those who are still very dense, very little soul development, you can know it by the taste of the music they want to hear, by the kind of conversation they love to engage in. So this is how let this substance flow into our soul, into our mind and life and body in breath and speech and act and eventually into the very body self. And as we do it, as this substance gets linked to what Shurabindo has talked about, the supramental substance. Why? Because supramental substance is infinite. Below it, always there are some limits. But this substance can respond to the touch of the infinite, exactly as it should respond. There is no diminution, there is no diminishing. Right now, as it is said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So many things that our spirit wants, but the body doesn't respond. But in the supramental world, what the spirit sees, that it creates. There is no disparity. So as this substance, the, the linking point is with the psychic being within us. As this substance, the psychic being becomes the bridge between the supramental world where matter, there is supramental substance, supramental matter, which responds perfectly to the cry and the call and the pressure of the spirit. As this substance starts getting more and more integrated into the very physical body, very soon, very soon, even few hundred years is nothing, billion years, out of man will grow a being for whom even the body will taste immortality. There will be an immortal body, 
with an immortal substance because it will be completely connected with the supramental consciousness whose nature is a perfect response to the call of the spirit. That means that there will be no need to change. Also, it will contain many things, luminosity, plasticity. Right now, the form becomes rigid, so it stops growing. But it will become luminous, plastic, it will be automatically immune to diseases. You won't need vaccines, thank God. It will be automatically immune. Why? Because this substance will have, be conscious substance. Right now, this substance is not conscious. That's why all kinds of diseases can enter without our recognizing it. We know it only when the doctor tells us or we have symptoms. But the supramental substance is conscious. It knows what is to be repelled automatically. So this is the solution that Sri Aurobindo has not only proposed. It is being worked out in creation. And there are those who are already on the way towards this new creation. Where not only the soul's immortality is a very old story. But the first step but who are also on the way of immortality of the very body. I'll stop here and if there are questions, I would like to take. Namaste. Uh, thank you so much, Dr. Anup Pandaji, for uh, very beautifully discussing uh, about life, death, consciousness, past life, Jeevan Mukti and many more topics. Uh, now, I request all the participants to ask if there are any questions or they can put it on the chat and I can take their questions. Uh, excuse me, I have a question. Yes, Namniji, please go ahead. Namaste, Lokda. Uh, namaste, Namaste. You mentioned that once the body leaves, the soul leaves the body, the different parts of body get merged into the concerned domains or concerned regions like mind into mental domain and so on. When the psychic takes birth again, you know, psychic has its some memory of the past uh, through which it decides what kind of life to take and it works out in the new life. Now, since mind has been merged yes. with the mental domain, vital has merged with the vital domain or vital space, whatever it is called, how does one get the subconscious mind yeah. into the new body when the psychic yeah. takes birth? Because yeah. subconscious mind, as you know, is the memory of the past lives. That is my question. Yes, yes. So, uh, yeah, a very good question and uh, it's, it's worth you know, spending a few minutes on this. So, basically what happens is, psychic is often described as the hansa, the swan. So, what does the swan does? It extracts milk from the water, as it is said, nirishir vivek. Now, I'm not discussing whether it is actually happens or not, but the point is that what does the psy psychic do? It takes away the essence of an experience. I can give an example that, uh, you know, when we are going through a difficult moment in life, let's take a common experience, um, uh, say youngsters going through either a failure in examination or through a heartbreak. Now, during that moment, it is all terrible. What happens after 20 years? They laugh over it. When their child says, you know, Papa, I am going through a heartbreak, Are kuch nahi hai. you know, it'll be okay, you'll be fine. Papa is so difficult, you know, failure. Are, are, main bhi aisa tha. So what happens? The essence of the experience gets integrated with the psychic. The details are left behind. So the mental memory of the details which we carry right now, the mental memories are lost. But the essence is carried. Now what happens with this essence? When in next life we come, let us take that we went through a challenge of failure. And we navigated through it very well. Even though we didn't succeed, but we took the challenge and faced it. So when next life we come, we don't have to take that challenge. Doors of success are open because that education is over. As Shurabindu says, even if the one maintains uh, the full passage is, fate is a transaction done at every moment between the soul and nature with God as the forcing arbiter. Even if the one maintains the unseen decree, he writes thy refusal in thy credit page. For doom is not a close, a mystic seal, arisen from the tragic crash of life. The spirit rises mightier with each defeat. It gods like wings grow wide with every fall. So, you see, a life which has been faced beautifully, lived beautifully, taking the challenge. Doesn't matter whether we succeed or not. But we had taken the challenge. Then that gets integrated into the soul as a soul memory. So there are outer memories which are, um, as you said uh, rightly about, you know, lot lot of details about the mind and uh, all that 
goes away. It's not needed anymore. But the essence, like a schooling, when we went through the school, we learned physics and chemistry and biology. What do we remember? I mean, most people would forget about it. But what it had done is it has led the mind and the brain to expand. So studies have helped the brain to form uh, complex synaptic connections. So same thing happens with uh, uh, a life's memories that the details are completely lost, but the essence is carried forward. And that's what comes handy in the next life, which is not, as I said, a system of reward and punishment, but an evolutionary progress. So it is like in one life, we went through kindergarten first, second. Next life, we come in class three. Or if we failed in class first, first time, every possibility is there. Then we come back to class one, but with a little grace mark. So we go to class two. So it is like that in the whole process. Some souls advance fast. Uh, some go slow. It's a question of choice. It's not like uh, it's bad or good. Nothing like that. Some like to go through one class several times. Some like to you know advance fast. It's a question of destiny. But the essence remains and that's what is carried forward. And the unfinished curves. As I said, there is an experience which we didn't. Uh, that's why suicide is um, so harmful. Not only because we get projected into the dark, uh, sunless worlds as the uh, Isha Upanishad put, puts it, you know, Asurya Nam Te Loka Pratyabhika Chanti because we are uh, going in that state of depression and darkness so we get projected into the dark worlds. But also because this person who commits suicide, he leaves something undone and unfinished. There was a challenge which he refuses to face. That challenge could be just a state of inner depression. Or it could be something outside. And because he has not faced the challenge, he comes back, nature gives it the same challenge, but under more difficult circumstances. Because that's the only way it will compress till finally something within emerges. So this is the process of rebirth, where a challenge which is negotiated, success and failure are human terms. Life was never meant for that. But the fact that one took the challenge and navigated through it that's the only thing that will remain in memory rest all will be wiped away and of course some beautiful psychic moments and uh, rebirth again uh, mother describes that you know a person who has lived like a empress in previous life but realizes that being an empress is really a very difficult thing because you really can't do a lot of things that you want to do so you are born as an ordinary common folk so uh, that's how it takes place the essence remains the details are lost and that's a grace and a blessing just imagine remembering in next life all the things of this life how difficult it is going to be <laughs> so it's a grace that death makes us forget most of these things mental sheath is dissolved with all the impressions on the mind they get dissolved but the psychic essence which was gathered through that that will remain uh, that is true Bhaiya. The my question is uh, how does one get the details in the subconscious because in the new birth, in every birth, we have some past habits. You know, we are not able to uh, change our habits so easily, and certain events from the past, yeah, you know, keep troubling us at times. So, essence, this is not essence. This is the detail of well, certain things. How do they come into new birth? Well, this is one of the theories of past life regression. I am not sure whether the habits and details. Some things can come of an intense experience of life. It can come. Like, you know, if one has been guillotined or burnt, that can go and, you know, a fear of fire, it can remain. But I know the past life regression, uh, they say that, you know, certain habits of the past, which is very, very unlikely. Habits are very mechanical bonds created by physical nature. And whether they will really remain in the next life is a very, you know, we, we may presume it, but there is no real uh, evidence to indicate it. So... Uh, in any case, one thing is for sure that if we discover the soul, we discover the past life. And we can discover the way, the essence of a past life. With that, we can connect certain tendencies. Perhaps, for instance, if one had um, in the past life a very warrior nature, where you know one could you know kill with impunity, it, it was part of a war and battlefield, then something of that warrior nature can come. Now we can use the word, it's a habit and tendency, but this tendency has come to get refined and purified. That's how Shubindu describes in Ilion, that actually who is a warrior nature begins to change toward the end and he, he becomes a little compassionate. So if that habit has come into this life, we don't have to worry about its source. 
what we have to take it that in this life whatever is there should be purified and refined so it doesn't really matter we don't have to go into where it came from it is there right now how i can purify it how i can refine it so that should be the focus focus is always toward the future so it doesn't matter where it has come from whether it comes from the past or it just a mechanical uh, tendency because we have taken a human birth many things come from environment many things by heredity many things because of the physical constitution all this can happen it's not necessarily coming from a past life uh, i understand that you know some people explain that when we are born with certain tendencies it's because in the past we were like this it may or may not it what comes from the past is a certain tendency for instance as i said warrior nature so it may manifest itself in in childhood as you know love for bow and arrow love to take fights and challenges but um, the actual details it's very unlikely it'll come like that yeah it can come as an attraction towards uh, like we used to do in in childhood in ancient time that you were shown uh, dawat and kalam or uh, a knife and dagger or money and you know children when they picked up it showed their tendency so to that extent a tendency can come but very unlikely that a habit will come back um, unless some part completely which has not been worked upon um in unfinished curve of evolution that can come let's say somebody had a very lusty vital so it can um, it will it's not like that tendency has come from the subconscious mind the soul has not gone through that experience it has not taken that challenge it is an unfinished learning curve so when one takes a new body that unfinished learning that challenge will come again so it's not like it was there in the subconscious mind from where it has come it is a challenge it didn't take it refused to take the challenge or took the challenge and didn't succeed so in the next life one may have a vital uh, with this tendency till one has taken the challenge so ultimately the essence will be the same that uh, move towards conquest self mastery refinement with each life the process is is the same if you have not taken the challenge in one life will be more difficult If we have taken the challenge whatever effort we have put in will go into the sum total of effort but there is nothing like a subconscious mind coming and you know entering into the soul but what can happen with those who are extremely developed there but that applies to people like swami vekananda that they had a very developed mental sheath and a vital sheath so it may remain in that uh, realm for a long time it is not subject to dissolution and when they come back they may take elements of it from universal nature but that's not common for most of humanity all this gets dissolved average but uh, some can bring that together like beethoven's hands they became immortal so something like that uh, thank you so much dr alok pandey ji so the question is when person takes next birth the psychic essence which is formed uh, becomes swabhava of person in the next birth so this is the question yes and this swabhava and i would add sadharma is along a hierarchical progression so that's why in the indian thought it was like you know shudratva when you know we are more uh, attached to physical world and the environment then one you know graduated into you know vaishya bhav where uh, one has finished this and goes on to the next level then there is the kshatriya bhav the swabhava and sadharma of a kshatriya and then there is a the brahmanatva and then there is the spiritual consciousness so certainly uh, depending on where we left we go on to the next so that's why the evolutionary hierarchy hierarchy was created that the beginnings of life start with this physical world after all who is a shudra from the physical world is real and not really the you know other realm but who is the vaishya where the vital has begun to take shape and it wants to expand into other things and in kshatriya this vital expands to a point where he loves conquest and victories and challenges and in the brahmin where the mind has become active and starts turning upward towards a greater truth so this is described very beautifully in shobindo savitri book 1 canto 4 the secret knowledge toward the end please read it's marvelous this is the sailor on the flow of time so very describes that we are like sailors and in one life we initially want to be near the shore then we go a little more further but from one shore we pick up things and sell it on the other shore then we want to take the challenge we travel wider into the sea then our eyes turn upwards towards the sky because we want to go beyond the limits of the sea so this is how uh, the swabhava and swadharma as rightly have said that uh, 
begins to grow and evolve with each um, particular life so like if arjuna has to come again he may not be uh, he may be more like a buddha i am just giving an example so he will be a warrior but warrior of another nature where he will battle against the inner tendencies uh, this we see even in our outer life uh, initially you know gladiators that was the way people used to have sports then it has changed into you know then there was war now it has become changed into olympics war is replaced by indo pak cricket match hopefully that should be the <laughs> end of things then it turns within that we have the tendencies inside and to uh, you know wage war against it so the tendency of a kshatriya begins to change towards something higher and higher this is just an example brahmanatva first involved only without a knowledge then comes inner then comes into the inmost and higher so this is how the soul advances from life to life from one swabhav and swadharma to another uh, once again thank you so much dr alok pandey ji for your time uh, it was a honor to have you